0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3.
1: Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Uh, Now, this is important. Let me turn the recorder on so Philip can record this for posterity. I just got this text message from Charlie. If I could nuke recipes on this program, I would. You got me having to read recipes to people who aren't online. (laughs) Perfect. I want to talk briefly. I want to take your phone calls. I have news to talk about, but this is Thanksgiving, and this is kind of important. Gravy, for some reason, intimidates people. And I have the flawless, best, perfect gravy recipe in America. It is really easy to make. It is not intimidating. It is basic chemistry. Yes. When I was a kid, I was a real nerd and I had a massive chemistry set. I really did. I lived overseas and there was no law on like not selling kids like oh, chunks of, of lithium and hydrochloric acid and stuff like that it was fantastic in any of it. I like chemistry. That's why I like cooking. Cooking is the greatest hobby. If you would like my gravy recipe, If you text the word recipe, actually, know what? Don't do that. Um, Text data to 33777. Text the word data to 33777. The first link is to my daily email. If you want the stack of stuff, you get a 15% discount. I thought that link was set up. For those of you who tried it and got something back that was not that, I'm sorry. I just realized it had changed. But if you text data to 33777, you'll get a link back and it will give you a 15% discount on the Substack. So you can get the show notes and stuff. As a radio listener, you get a discount. But the second link, text data to 33777. The second link you get back will be the gravy recipe. Let me just explain this to you. It's very, very easy. Um, and you're, some of you are going to say onion bleh, and gravy. Just listen to me for a second. Take either half or a whole onion. I don't care half or whole onion and chop it very, very, very finely and then put it in a large skillet with a stick of butter. Butter makes all things good. And you just on medium heat, cook it until the onion turns yellow. Now, this is a lie. Cookbooks lie to you. Cookbooks say brown an onion for approximately 10 minutes. You cannot brown an onion in 10 minutes. Anyone who regularly cooks can tell you you do not brown an onion in 10 minutes. It is a scam. I actually asked an author of a cookbook one time why this is done, and the cookbook author was very honest with me because they can lie about how long it takes to make the recipe so you're not intimidated by the recipe. Once you get into browning the onion, you're not going to stop. So they can tell you it takes 10 minutes and 30 minutes later you're done. Well, the recipe would look like it took forever to make if they were honest about how long it took to brown an onion. It takes 20 to 30 minutes on medium heat to do justice to brown an onion. You can't use high heat. It'll burn. So you do this tomorrow before Thanksgiving. You brown the onion in butter, in a stick of butter. And the onion pieces shrivel up to nothing. They get thin and they get brown and they get sweet. And then you rake this into a bowl and put a lid on. And you put it in the fridge. So on Thanksgiving, here's what you do. On Thanksgiving, you get the gravy base, the butter with the onion, out of the fridge. You put it in the skillet right before you're ready for lunch. Your turkey's done. Everything is done. And... You get it in, you get the butter sizzling again, and you put in a quarter cup of flour, and you stir the flour around for a couple of minutes to take the raw taste out of the flour, add some salt and pepper, and then you take two cups of chicken stock or your turkey stock or whatever. It needs to be hot. It needs to be steaming hot. Otherwise, it's going to coagulate the flour mixture, and you pour that in, and then add a tablespoon of heavy cream, After a few minutes, it boils, it gets a little thick, and then you add that tablespoon of heavy cream, and you're done. Now, why does this work? If you add flour and water together, you know what you get? Paper mache. You get a sticky, tacky, gluey substance that clumps. But if you put flour into the butter, the flour absorbs the butter, absorbs the fat, and the particles of the flour cannot stick together. Now here's, so then you can add water to it and it doesn't clump up. If you add water before the flour has absorbed all the butter, then you're going to have a sticky, lumpy gravy. But if you add the flour to the butter, stir it around for just a couple of minutes, it'll absorb pretty quick. Then you can add the hot liquid and you're not going to get lumps in your gravy. That's, that's the entire secret of it. The sweet onion sweetens the gravy, but also brings out the flavor of the stock. Onion helps because it's a savory, even though it has sugars and it it brings out the flavor of the stock. So it actually makes it, even though you don't like onion, make it very, very fine. It brings out the overall flavor. It does a very good job. It's basic chemistry here. It is a very easy recipe. With a stick of butter and, and an onion or half an onion chopped finely, you just cook it till the onion's reduced. Add a quarter cup of flour, salt and pepper. Stir it for a few minutes. Add in two cups of stock. Let it get bubbly, it'll start to thicken, you can visibly see it thicken, add a tablespoon of heavy cream and you're good to go. You can add some brandy to it or cognac if you want. I don't do that, Uh, but here's the point. People get scared to death of making gravy. It's got a reputation of, oh, we're gonna have lumpy gravy. Not if you do it this way. The other bit of science you have to remember is that flour thickens things, but the longer flour cooks, the less it can thicken. So if you want a thick gravy, you spend a couple of minutes of cooking the flour and the butter, and then you add the liquid. If you want a very runny, runny gravy, you just keep the flour going and going It browns. It makes a a Cajun style roux like you do with gumbo. You don't want to cook it that long though. If you want this recipe, text data to 33777. You can subscribe to my show notes with the first link, get the gravy recipe with the second. And if you click through the gravy recipe, you'll see all the other recipes. It'll say Eric Erickson's recipes. Click. Uh, if you click on that first post, you can get the gravy recipe, the brine, how I spoke my Turkey, how to make Turkey gumbo with your leftovers, all of that stuff. It's Thanksgiving season. That's what you want to do. Text data to 33777. Now Let's take some phone calls before we get into the San Francisco stories, shall we? Brian, you've been waiting patiently. Welcome. How are you?
0: Howdy, Eric. Uh, called in to pass on a uh, quote relevant to one of your uh, themes of the day. So Sigmund Freud was arguably the most heterodox, indeed iconoclastic thought leader of his time. Died in 1939, as I recall, it was just months after he was evacuated to England from Nazi-occupied Vienna. So you will find this on page 77 of Civilization and Its Discontents, 1930. Quote, we are accustomed to say that every human being displays both male and female instinctual impulses, uh, needs, and attributes, but the characteristics of what is male and female can only be demonstrated in anatomy and not in psychology, unquote. So what I would say to the transgenderism crowd as lovingly as possible is, if your core premise is too absurd for even Sigmund Freud, maybe you, <laughs> you, you ought to reconsider. I mean, this nothing is the man was who was too po- absurd for that man. Right. This is the man who said, "I've got, I've got a book of his quotes here." This is the man who said, "Quote: Religion is comparable to a childhood neurosis." This man was not shy about bold, iconoclastic ideas. So, transgender folks, please reconsider. Um, if you can find a cabin on a remote lake somewhere, live off the grid for a couple months and. At- <laughs> get in well, touch with nature and nature's God and maybe it'll pass
1: <laughs> maybe it is clearly society is going through some listen uh, Brian thanks very much for the phone call and happy Thanksgiving um it is it it's there's clearly clearly something coursing through society right now some social contagion that is causing this issue and, and it'll burn through but the damage done on the way through is just something Gary you're gonna be up next welcome to the show Gary
0: Happy Thanksgiving Eric you too. Thank you, sir. Two things. Um, the, I used to have chef in Vegas back in the 70s at the MGM Grand. We used to make tons and tons of butter roux. So we used to just take tons of butter and mix in the flour, and it would just sit in a pan. And anytime we needed it, we would just add it to our soup stock. So,
1: mm hmm. Sounds good to yeah,
0: me. Tons and tons of it. Anyways, are you a uh, Seinfeld? Connoisseur. You know, uh,
1: to a degree, uh, my call screener, who you just spoke to, is the ultimate Seinfeld guy.
0: Well, I've got some uh, humor for you. The fake turkey—a good thing it would be for festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. about it.
1: I, I gotta <laughs> tell you, the 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 beyond me, the fake stuff and, and the turkey stuff, Gary. Listen, I appreciate it. Eight seven seven nine seven three. Seven four two 5. It, it, it is just the, the desires of the environmentalists to control our behavior by trying to scare us into thinking the world is coming to an end. It's just a bridge too far for me. Uh, I've read the end of the Bible. The world is going to end in fire. Um, but he will make all things new. Uh, and and maybe it's global warming. Now, when you say that, of course, you get all sorts of people who want to willfully misinterpret interpret and can screw what you're saying, but I'm just not worried about the world coming to an end. We're not going to wipe out the planet. At this point, I've decided it's apocryphal because I can't actually find references, but I remember a professor of mine one time talking about how um, Truman, in in the development of the hydrogen bomb, insisted that it be Christian scientists, not Christian science, the denomination, but scientists who were Christian work on it because so many of the atheistic um planners of the hydrogen bomb were convinced that we could blow up the whole planet and the president said this is nonsense um any person who believes in the good book knows this isn't going to happen um i i gotta i've got to believe it's apocryphal at this point because i can't find it referenced even though a professor said it but oftentimes people say things they remember hearing that they believe are true i'm guilty of it as well and Uh, Can't find it documented anyway, but nonetheless, uh, the world is not going to end tomorrow uh, if we eat cows. They're tasty after all. God made them for us to eat them. We should eat them, and turkeys too, although not as flavorful unless you use my brine. I'm several years in on my bull and branch sheets, and they keep getting softer every time you wash them. They get softer. They hold up after multiple washes over multiple years. They even have those deep-fitting... Sheets for the fitted sheets for the big mattresses like I've got, they're great. And for the holidays, consider them as a great gift for yourself or someone else. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They have a great weight for them. They're cool in the summer. They're warm in the fall. They've just in in the cold weather season, they just have a good drape on your body. They just give you something uh, better than your standard sheet that you're going to get. They're great. I enjoy them. I love that they keep getting softer. Every time I wash them and put them back on the bed, they're a better surprise. Their signature sheets come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. They're going to look great. They're going to be unboxed. You're going to make somebody happy. This Black Friday, give the gift of a better night's sleep with Bowlin Branch. Get 25% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlinBranch.com. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. The offer ends November 27th. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. The San Francisco Elections Commission has voted not to renew Elections Director John Arntz's contract after 20 years of service in order to take action on the city's racial equity plan. The commission voted four to two not to renew the position, not because he was underperforming, but because he's white. This is from Brittany Bernstein at National Review. Our decision wasn't about your performance, but after 20 years, we wanted to take action on the city's racial equity plan and give people an opportunity to compete for the leadership position. We also wanted to allow enough time for a fair and equitable process, said the commission president in an email to the election commissioner. Jordanic, uh, the chairman of the commission, along with city attorney appointed Cynthia Die, DA appointed Robin Stone, and public defender appointed Renetta Levolsi, voted not to renew the contract. While the mayoral candidate and the candidate and the appointee of the treasurer voted to renew. Just two years ago, the elections commission wrote Arnts a commendation for his incredible leadership. The department successfully ran two elections this year while facing significant challenges, including national threats to election security, mandatory vote-by-mail operations for registered voters, anticipated increase in voter participation, etc. All 12 of the managers in Orange's department signed a letter to the commission asking that they renew his contract. This all happened eight days after the election. They discarded the opinion of the very same people who had been conducting city elections and discarded the director with a proven record on his job. He had extensive election experience and knowledge, people whom he manages supporting. So those are the facts in front of us. The decision seems driven by something else. Even the mayor spoke out against the decision, saying he served San Francisco with integrity, professionalism, and had stayed completely independent. And over the years he successfully ran four elections, navigated a pandemic without a single issue. But they fired him because he's white. Because he's white. That's it. Racial equity. Um, there's gotta be a, a lawsuit in there as well, should he actually decide to sue because they openly made it about his race. And that's a big no-no. You can have a racial equity plan where you want to try to find the most diverse candidates. That's actually fine. There's, There's no problem with doing that. The problem is when you fire someone explicitly because of the color of their skin, you've opened yourself up to a lawsuit, and they're probably going to get a lawsuit out of this, or at least they should. Um, maybe the guy, maybe he's so woke though. He won't sue. Who knows? Uh, Eddie, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Eddie.
0: Eric, how's it going, buddy? Happy Thanksgiving yeah, you? to you. You too. Uh, as usual, I thank you for making sense of the senseless. Um, here's a question for you. On the right, you've got taxpayers, business owners, parents, police officers, gun owners, people of faith and unborn babies. And on the other side, you've got sexual deviance and the like. How is it even close to a 50-50 split?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it, it is it is because on the democratic side, they they work very hard to malign People on the right, they use the issue of character as a weakness on our side. And uh, there's been the shift over time where a lot of Republicans say, you know what? Uh, Screw it. I'm going to vote for my side. I don't care about the character. But there are just enough who care that they don't. And the Democrats attack that way. Uh, I would say this, though. When you view the Democratic Party as just a bunch of sexual deviants, of which there are many, You're actually ignoring that there are a lot of people on that side who could be persuaded to come to our side uh, if we don't claim that they, too, are sexual deviants. Uh, We've got to be more evangelistic and missional in trying to get particularly black and Hispanic voters who regularly vote Democrat over to our side. I think it's working. The larger issue, though, is that uh, the Republicans did have picked some nominees who even Republicans have a hard time with. You know, it, it, it's clearly a switch has been flipped on social media. I, I've been badgered by a number of people on social media who's like, all you do is bash Donald Trump on your radio show. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm glad they're listening, but if they listened more clearly, the point being made is not an attack on Trump it's that these voters like that need to understand that uh, there are a lot of voters who are ready to move on. And given that, uh, you might be best served to find someone who is effective like Trump was in your belief, but not as alienating as he clearly was according to the voters. There's a path forward, there really is. Um, If you pursue it, and that's a big if, Uh, some people just don't wanna pursue it, They they wanna stay angry. Uh, they are very loyal, and I understand the loyalty to Donald Trump. They 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 feel like he fought for them and spoke up for them in a way many people didn't. Uh, when he came out and told you, yeah, absolutely, the system's rigged, and we're going to break it down, tear it up, and give it back to you, they believed him, and he, he did things that they liked, taking it to the elite they disdain, to the leadership of both parties who drip with disdain for them. Donald Trump fought them, and so they're very loyal to him. I totally get that. But I also get that when you lose the majority of independents and 13% of your own party, as we did in the midterms, we can't win a presidential election right that. So find someone that's not him, but who shares his values, and maybe you win, because clearly people liked what he did as president. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you. Check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be on the program. I'm going to ask one more time here at the end of the show. If you can text the word donate to 33777 or go to ericthanksgiving.com. Today is the last day to donate to Hungry for a Day's campaign to buy Thanksgiving meals for those in need. There are a lot of people in need this holiday season, more than there have been in the past. Um, the what is it? Farm Bureau has a report out that the Thanksgiving dinner average cost has gone up 20%. It was $46.90 in 2020, $53.31 in 2021, $64.05 now. Uh, it's gone up a lot. The centerpiece, the turkey, costs more than last year at $28.96 for a 16-pound bird. That's up 21% from last year. The average per pound feature price for whole frozen turkeys was dollar. 11 the week of November 3rd through 9th, and um, it declined 14% in just one week, but overall has increased significantly. The share of stores offering future prices rose to 60%. That means consumers who have not yet purchased a turkey should be able to find one, uh, probably at a lower price this week than last week, but still 20% higher than last year. Inflation has continued to increase and continues to cause increase in eggs and milk, in rolls with butter and sweet potatoes, cranberries, vegetables, whipping cream, coffee, milk. Everything's gone up in price. People are struggling. This from Farm Bureau, let me give you individual prices. Turkey is up 21%. A cubed stuffing mix, if you use prepared stuffing, it's up 69%. Pie crusts are up 26%, frozen pie crusts. Half pint of whipping cream, up 26%. A pound of frozen peas, up 23%. A dozen dinner rolls, up 22%. Uh, Miscellaneous ingredients, up 20%. 30-ounce can of pumpkin pie mix is up 18%. A gallon of whole milk is up 16%. Three pounds of sweet potatoes up 11%. A pound of vegetables, particularly carrots and celery, up 8%. And a 12-ounce bag of cranberries, up 14%. The South has the lowest prices. And the West has the most expensive, thrown off by California's taxes. I bring all this up to say people are struggling and you may be one of those people. It is hard for anyone to overcome a sense of shame, a sense of blame. Maybe you made some bad financial decisions and now you and your family are feeling the effects of them and and you can't really admit it. Um, you're trying to not look at the problem. You're trying not to look at the situation. Oh, I get that. Trust me. I get that. But there are lots of organizations out there that want to help your family. If you need help. And sometimes you got to swallow your pride and do it for the benefit of your family. People don't like to ask for help in this country. And so for those of you who can, those of you who can be generous. Be mindful of your friends who may be in need. If you see friends who are cutting back this year, not doing Thanksgiving, maybe invite them to your house if you can. Tell them to come over. No judgment, no questioning. See if surround people with friends and family. You know, suicide goes up at this time of year. People are lonely, they're isolated, they need friends. They don't have friends, they don't want their friends to know what they're going through people like to put on the the facade of a smile to cover up how miserable they are. If you see a friend, if you have a friend and your friend is isolating themselves this holiday season, see if you can push them into coming to your house for Thanksgiving as lovingly, as kindly, as friendly as you can. There may be something going on there and and you may have to poke and prod some people out of their misery and despair. Some people have to be dragged out of their depression. But it's that time of year where people tend to dwell on what they don't have. Uh, They they dwell on the idealized image of the perfect Thanksgiving feast and they can't live up to it. And so they despair. Uh, If you've got friends in need like that, please consider helping them reach out to them, love them. And now, Regarding Thanksgiving, I want to say this. I am very thankful for this audience. I have had to learn, and, and Rush Limbaugh, God bless him, he was the very first person who told me that I have got to stop caring what people think. Because I can tell you, it can get to you sometimes. Um I have in the last several days it it suddenly has fired up again. And I don't know if it's bots or what's but on social media and the, and the emails and stuff, the amount of angry hate mail i'm suddenly getting from the right all of a sudden from trump supporters uh from people insulting going out of their way to find me online to to be insulting to leave nasty comments on social media it's suddenly gone up a lot in the last week it's like the online army has come back on i suspect some of it is people paid some of it is bots Ah, uh, but you gotta not care what people think in this business. You gotta be able to actually trust certain people. Uh, I'm very thankful for Charlie in that regard. Charlie uh, has been with me for about a decade now, and he is my in Rush Limbaugh's word designated a hole. Um, so when I've got started in radio, I wasn't gonna do it. Rush told me he'd never speak to me again if I didn't do it. He really got me into it. Got my agent, helped me with my first contracts. Uh, really showed me the ropes and said you gotta have someone who is the guy who can tell you no and everyone else around you no, so you don't have to burn bridges with people, but also in radio, uh, in entertainment in general, no one ever wants to tell you you've done a bad job until the moment they cancel you. Whether you're an actor in Hollywood or you're on a TV show, whether you're on a radio program, you are grand and glorious and your poop doesn't stink until the moment your ratings go down and they fire you. So you got to have somebody around you who can be a jerk to you and tell you stop doing this. And that's his job, and he probably relishes it too much. I'm very thankful for him. And for Philip, who, like Charlie, stalked me over the Internet. Both of them, you know, they they tell me now I'm not allowed to make friends on Twitter with people after I, I hired both of them off of Twitter. Now they're like, you got to stop doing that, man. You could hire some crazies. I'm like, what about y'all? Uh, I, I am very thankful for Charlie. I'm very thankful for Philip and all he does. If you see any of my stuff online, videos and stuff, Philip does that. Uh, I am thankful for Jim. Literally, this show could not get to you but for Jim, who even works on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, Incredible work ethic. Uh, Could not do it without him. He is the indispensable person. Um, And I am so thankful to have him with me here who makes sure that the show gets out to the world. And for Candace as well. My assistant, who runs interference for me, who is actually uh, in uh, the in in Mexico right now. She and her family have gone to the beach in Mexico. I think they're in Cancun, and she's still working. I'm getting emails from her. Supposed to be on TV tonight, and she's running interference for me. Uh, I've got a great team around me. Uh, and for Ken, who is new, for John, my agent, for all of you, and listen, let me spend a moment uh, with all of you. I really do have the best listeners. I have the smartest listeners. It's one of the things I always heard Rush say. We never talked about it individually, but on radio, he would say collectively has the smartest listeners. If I eat anything on planet Earth, I can get the information and the answer from you guys. I feel very strongly that if I say something wrong, I got to correct it. And you let me know when I've got it wrong. You do. I get emails pretty instantly. If I've I've said something wrong, if I've given the wrong name or some such, I get it from you. Uh, But I appreciate your loyalty. You know, over time, people sometimes get held hostage by their audience. I don't mean to be critical of anyone in talk radio. But I'm in a weird position where I get great benefits through my work. My wife has cancer. We need the insurance benefits. And on more than one occasion, I've had listeners say, I need to think about that before I offend them, before I say something they don't want to hear. That if they complain enough and I lose my job, I'll be killing my wife. I've literally had people tell me this. had people show up at my house to tell me, if I didn't stop saying what I was saying on radio, I'd lose my job and my wife would die. Uh, And I have known over time that I have license to disagree with you guys because we've gotten to know each other so well. It's very weird, the familiarity I seem to have with you guys uh, whether I run into someone at the grocery store or a table in Maine up in Roswell and just strike up a general conversation as if we know each other long lost friends and and we've never even met in person but everybody hangs out together here for these three hours it, it's been an incredible thing to do I'm I can't express to you enough how thankful I am for all of you over the years when I did not back Trump in 2016 the number of people who assured me I would be out of a job within months and it really made me have to rethink how I do radio and and um, try to find ways to find common ground with people who disagree. And in this world, it's very, very hard. Uh, we all kind of create communities of our own interest where we are Facebook and Twitter and Instagram friends with people who agree with us. Rarely do people become friends online anymore who disagree. And we're less likely to know our neighbor across the street than we are the people online. So it becomes harder and harder to have friendships with people who disagree sometimes. And we've been able to do that here. And I'm thankful for you guys giving me the latitude to be able to agree to disagree and let you call in when you do disagree. And we can have a pleasant conversation on the phone together and oftentimes find common ground. There's not enough common ground left to be had in America. I am a, an evangelical conservative Christian. A formerly elected Republican who, and I've got strident views on a lot of things, but I think I should at least try to give justice to those who disagree with me and represent them fairly uh, and try to understand them even as I disagree with them. And thank you for allowing me to do that. I say all that at the end because I'm actually going away for Thanksgiving. I've got a lot of cooking to do. I intend to make some gumbo, make some gravy, make some pies. Uh, My wife will be cooking. We'll be sharing the the work with our in-laws. And I will be back with you guys on Monday. So I'm thankful for my guest hosts as well, who could do this while I'm gone. But I just, I, I wanted to get all that on the record here before I step away. And I want to leave you with one last thing on Thanksgiving. If you're a longtime listener of this program, I cite this a lot. And I'm going to do it again. And I hope you take it to heart and take it with the spirit intended because it's profound and we don't think about this anymore. This is from Jeremiah 29, starting in verse four, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord God, the host, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie, and they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and come to pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. You and I are in exile in this world. We are headed home. Our father is there building houses for us now. But while we are in exile we are to love our neighbor and we are to seek the welfare of the city where we live, not the far off city, Washington DC, unless you're listening to me there, but your city right now, whether it's Alpharetta, Georgia, Orlando, Florida, whether it's Tulsa, Oklahoma, whether it's Tyler, Texas, you're to seek the welfare of the city in which you live. And that word city in the translations in, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it really does mean city. It, it means province, perhaps you could say state, but not nation. It means the area you live. You're to dwell there, to know the people there. I love that you know me, this voice on the radio in your community. and I'm deeply thankful for you. But don't be so committed to your online friends and your radio voices that you leave the people outside your house alone. You should know your actual physical neighbor. You should plant roots in your community. You shouldn't be rootless, you shouldn't be nomadic. You are in exile here on this planet until the good Lord calls us home. So build relationships in your community for which you can take thanks, draw thanks, and be thankful for, because I am thankful for you, but I'm also thankful for the people here around me who ground me to reality so that I can do my best to share the real world with you wherever you are. And I can do that in large part because I have chosen consciously not to be an online creature of habit, but to be as offline as possible. And I encourage you to do the same. I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Right now, before I get to commercial break, I have to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I'm thankful for my advertisers, particularly for Eden Pure. They stepped up early and they stuck with me. And they have a delightful little product called the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can hold this thing in the palm of your hand and it will wipe out bad odors. I, I can tell you, I mentioned the other day, I, I outed myself. I blue cigar smoke accidentally into my car and it stunk and my wife and kids complained I could fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and wipe out the odor. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. And use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Uh, you put that in, and you'll see the Eden Pure 3-pack. You get three for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Now, it is an air purifier, so it does get rid of the dust and the pollen and the mold and the bacteria and all of that. You wipe it out. It's filterless. It uses electrostatic plates instead of changeable filters. So you don't need a subscription for the filters. You just wipe it out. But... I use it for its odor elimination powers. I keep it in my suitcase. It's small. You can plug it into a wall, or you can use just a USB cord, like in your car with a USB outlet. It'll run off of that as well. And it clears out odors. Pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors, mildewy odors. It works. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. You get three for less than $200. For upstairs, for downstairs, for your suitcase, your RV, wherever you need it. EdenPureDeals.com. Well, of course, we couldn't get out of here without some breaking news, which just happened. The Supreme Court has denied Donald Trump's emergency application, asking it to block a Democrat-led House committee from obtaining tax returns. House Ways and Means Committee has been trying for years to get Donald Trump's tax returns from the IRS, and they've been blocked thus far. The Supreme Court today saying, go for it. You can get them. Of course, we'll do much good now. They're gone for Thanksgiving. They come back for a month and then the Republicans take over. If they get them and leak them, that's going to be damaging, but they don't care. They're trying to trash the guy as much as they can. Uh, I just, again, I don't think it is wise for the Democrats to pursue a prosecution of Donald Trump. Leave him alone. If you spend that many resources trying to get someone, you're probably going to find them breaking a law. The problem is you can do that about just about anybody. And the Republicans could have done that with Hillary Clinton, too, and they didn't. The Republicans, Donald Trump and his administration, let it go. Doing this to Trump is what a third world banana republic will do. You can be outraged by him. But there's plenty of doubt and plenty of persecution and what is the use of justice if it burns everything down in the process you can say justice but i mean this is goes all the way back to ancient times the idea of of insisting that justice be done even if it means destroying everything what's the point of destroying everything in the process uh they let hillary clinton go you gotta let trump go or else you're gonna burn it all down and there'll be hell to pay folks You guys have a great Thanksgiving. I will talk to you all Monday.